It's the True Penny Show with your host, James True Penny. Hello and welcome to the True Penny Show. My name is James True This is my show. And I'm going to announce what we're doing today after I've introduced my guest, uh, Mr. Dara O'Connor. How are you doing, sir? Ahoy, how are you, sir? I'm fine, thank you very much. Thank you very much for asking. What about yourself? Not doing too bad. Uh, things have been crazy. We have a lot of stuff on the Rewind coming, which I just haven't had a chance to, to, to put up yet. We were talking about it before we went on. Um, I've pretty much just been training, gigging, training, gigging, and now getting ready to go over to the States for my first holiday in a long time that isn't like work related or whatever uh yeah things are just mad so I, i'm looking forward to forced uh or and or which is like <laughs> you know not bringing the work laptop with me not bringing any podcasting stuff anything like that because literally when i come back aw all, all in is on or all out i don't know what it is I, all I'm, in is the one in wembley or like that's, is, the, one, that, that's the one i'm going to I, i'm going in completely You're going to all in. yeah yeah yeah, yeah martin Martin got me a ticket, so I ha- I have to go. I'm still considering it. Is it on a Saturday? So, uh, Sunday. It's a Sunday. See, this is yeah. the thing. I have to get back from work. But then again, I don't know. We'll see. I was so, supposed to be going with a friend, but they've still got tickets left. So it's all right. Hold on a second. Hold on a second, James, right? Yeah. I'm flying in back from Orlando the day before. And then I'm going to go, <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. And then I'm going to see all the Lord of the Rings for 13 hours on so on Saturday. Then at six in the morning I'm flying over to London. You have no excuse. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, don't be giving it. You have no excuse. It's you have really lo- if you've driven through Essex, you haven't, have you? No. no I, <laughs> <laughs> I have to get to, I have to fly over and get the tube, so come on. Okay, fair enough. I'll 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 you see what I can do. Uh, anywho, go on. let's just get back on task. Um <laughs> so to this week's show I was um, I'll admit, I was looking around. I had an idea of what I wanted to do, but I had no one to do it with. And then last night I was talking, Friday night I was talking with Dara, and he goes, oh, yeah, I'll come do it with you. That's out. But no, didn't even tell him what my idea was. Just said, no. I want to do a commentary on a show. And it's only an hour long. And he was like, I'm down for that. Do you want to know what it is now? <laughs> <laughs> do you care? No. Just, just because I have an hour. I, yes. I literally have an hour where, like, I'm not doing anything, and then I have to go book everything. So I'm here. This is, sounds really fun. I have no idea what any of this is. So <laughs> everyone's in a good time, in, in for a good time. So basically, what happened was uh, G1 climax season. Um, sorry, and we've been, you know, blood final was today. Uh, but as a person on the internet, <coughs> I talked to a lot <coughs> called Annette Reed, and she, uh, big New Japan fan, uh, loves wrestling. And we tend to talk in kayfabe. I don't know if you noticed about this, but when you're into something, like, it's nice not to talk about, well, AEW Collision only had 700,000 viewers on that Saturday night, so therefore the company's closing down. Stuff, you know, George knows. So, yeah, we don't, we don't do that. No, no. <laughs> There's a reason why we don't do that anymore. That, that's no, very tiresome and annoying. Because it's boring. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. If they still, t- they'll make money and they will still make shows. Stop yep. worrying. Um, Absolutely. It's yes. a good way to be. And, and so it's like, you, I, me and Annette and a few other people, we tend to talk in kayfabe. And we got talking about Bullet Club and the current leader of Bullet Club, Dave Finley, and um, the ousting, if you will, of Jay White. And I, we basically blamed Ghetto. Because <laughs> <laughs> Ghetto is a manipulative bastard. And um, I did say, hey, look, the writing was on the wall when he did this. So I'm not telling you what he did, but you're going to find out what he did. 
And this yeah. is, I think, one of the most seminal moments for a guy who ends up being one of the most powerful personalities in professional wrestling of the last 30 years. So we're going to watch what happens here. I'm not telling Daryl what happens. But by the name, Odawara Blazing Knight, he's going to have a pretty good idea at the start, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> so let's get started. This is a one-hour show, and we've decided it now. So if you want right. to watch the video, I'm going to put the YouTube channel on at the same time. Um, got some good VHS hum for you there in the background, which will tell you it's been transferred from VHS to VHS. Now, I did want to do this a couple of years ago when we were looking and we got back online 10 months ago so this is a really cool intro to a video though isn't it <laughs> i i just love the fact that like the simplicity of it is is great you know it's proper 90s but says a lot more than you would normally expect it so it's, it kind of has that um deathmatch feel to it so i think is that what we're watching? Are we watching yes, Fire Barbed Wire matches? Watching, we are watching a Fire Barbed Wire match, yes. Okay, well then there we go. I think it sets the tone quite nicely. A scramble fire death match, if you will. <laughs> now, we are now listening to an interview with Shoji Nakamaki and Yukihiro Kanemura. Okay. One moment at the time was Wynn Kanemura, because he was um, really associated with the company. That's a gentleman in the orange shirt. Okay. Um, and Wynn had started uh, 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 decided to establish themselves at this particular point. The show was held in... ま、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あ
player. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> so is this a was this a like a, an event that was so regularly? Is this like the first time that they've done this? Like um, Fire is notoriously bad when it comes to um, deathmatch wrestling, as we saw on Hot Night Fire Moon. Yeah. Um, it's un- it's not particularly controllable. It's one of those things you kind of want to do it indoors because obviously there's less oxygen. Yeah. Indoors. But obviously there's loads of people around, so you don't want to do it indoors. If you do it outdoors and the ring goes in the wrong wind goes in the wrong direction, you're in trouble. As I think you found out when they did it, and nearly killed the original sheep. So um <laughs> Yeah, so this one is um this one's a, this one's a, a, not a regular wing kind of event. Right. Um, but the fact that it's on video, reached video is a good sign that they've invested a fair amount of money and we're expecting to something back on the VHS and you have numbers to hand on how well it did. I don't have numbers to hand on the video, but you had 2,980. Oh, no, no, that's not even a good place. You guys feel like that. I'm going to go to the baseball stadium. This is clearly the car park. <laughs> <laughs> so, how would you go? So, so, the matches here, they're not all going to be full on. Uh, like, they're not all going to be barbed wire. No. Or no. Okay. No, they are. They are all regular wrestlers. Okay. Um, Freddy Krueger. Ah, uh, Freddy Krueger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously not the Freddy Krueger. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, not the Leatherface. Not the Leatherface. Not the not the not the one out of the film, but based on the one from the film. <laughs> I do like like this is a traditional Japanese thing to do. You get the roster into the ring first to introduce themselves and, you know, have a quiet moment's reflection before things kick off. Let's get on Jeddah. Um with their absolutely fabulous t-shirt. Fuck you, we're getting on Jeddah. <laughs> so, so this is so this is the, so this is the whole roster coming out basically beforehand to kind of like introduce themselves before they start wrestling. Or, okay. That's usually what happens on a big event. They're still doing our like um, late events. Hola amigos, soy Janet. Vengo de México. Es la primera vez que vengo aquí a este país. Me gusta. Estoy encantada con este país. Me encanta la gente. Me encanta la afición. Espero que les guste mi actuación de esta noche y espero regresar pronto para ofrecerles más de mí. Hola amigos, ¿qué tal? ¿Qué tal amigos japoneses? Soy la actual campeona mundial de la UWA. Mi nombre es Suleima. He venido a este país en varias ocasiones a enfrentarme a las mejores luchadoras que ustedes tienen. Pero en esta ocasión me enfrento con una mexicana. Creo que va a salir una lucha bastante interesante. Me gustaría que nos sigan apoyando y sobre todo que vengan a ver las funciones de esta compañía que gracias a ella me encuentro aquí. Wing. Okay. Yeah. So. Oh, so starting off really hot and fast. With yeah. a nice little suplex. That body goes really. Yeah. Kev up. Stick to the body. Well, they're really moving here. This is really good. Yeah. Nice, nice Mexican Andre, but I do like Oh, Elder Ring. So, Zulaman was uh, trained by El Inferno, Antonio Kagama, Indio Loki. And Zulaman was trained by. 
Oh, nobody missed the drop kick. We're on edited highlights, which is some ghost for now. It's probably a three-hour show. Oh, uh, uh, that really looked like a hurt. <laughs> Going into chairs never works. No, that's never works great. Right. Does it really? No, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's worth it for the for the the, the, the damage it's done here. But uh, <laughs> fair play, it never looks good though. Uh, Miss Janet is trained by teacher versus uh, student affair. Oh my word! Again, she got into the third row, I think. The teacher's teacher giving her a session. She was also trained by Pecky Cassidy. So she's got some fucking pedigree there. Nice power one, which is something you definitely have seen last time. At that particular time period, Mexican rings were a bit stiff, so they were probably quite happy to do some more bumps in these matches. Absolutely. Set up for a pile driver, looks like. Yeah. Tombstone. Running yeah. Tombstone. Running Tombstone. I think that's probably it. <laughs> Yeah, we really hope it. so, really. Yeah. 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 ちょっと、<笑> he seems to have one more of a striker base than the other is a much more of a wrestler. Yeah. Like you can tell because he's just terrible on the ground. <laughs> yes, he's absolutely just trying to wriggle away as much as yeah, possible. Yeah, he has no idea what he's doing. No defensive um, uh, positioning whatsoever. Well, he did get to the ropes there, so that's, that's good, yeah. That's, yeah. that's, that's sad. Um, basically, this came from the FMW models. The FMW model was originally mixed martial artists versus wrestlers. Right. And then they kind of added the barbed wire to make it a bit more interesting. Because <laughs> <laughs> the martial arts wasn't good enough. Oh, that yeah. that's a nice, nice arm right there. It is. I like how he's got his leg over his face and can't breathe over. That's really good. <laughs> Oh, I mean, look, I'll be honest with you, from, from what we saw there in the third round, I'm amazed that went to a third round. I, I'm also, like, what happened in the first two rounds? 
I remember feeling there was an awful lot of watching them first two there. And now you see why they added the bar one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so our third match is Hideo Taki. Um, now, uh, Takasugi ジャドさん、ジャドさんについてって、ジャドさん、ジャドさんが日本に帰ってきて、その試合とか見て、あ、僕自身が入りたいなとも思ってたし、はい、今の日本人選手の上の人にはついてくれないし。So what's the crack? Can they uh, can they use weapons in, in this or? It was kind of ECW kind of like okay. we don't want you to. We're not going to stop you if you do. Frowned upon. Frowned upon. Yes. How do I do it? There we go. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> 
No, this is not the way to treat your rookies, is it really? No, it really is. That's a nice. Uh, I know. Like Boston, we have to get to the ropes. That's <laughs> it. Always amazes me. Easy with the chair, but we can't have a rope breaking. <laughs> we need to be civil here. Some rules. Some rules. We're going to pick and choose which one. That's That's beautiful. Kick out. Kamora in there as well. That was a nice transition from a pin. Yeah, it was a nice transition from a from a pin into a Kamora. kind of coming back with the Cobra. That's it. That's it. Cobra twist. It's a good submission. It is. I like it. I think it's been sadly missed. And there's Gado, who was kind of mentoring Bad Boy Hudo. Gado and Gado. He's like, hey, you did a good job. You got your ass kicked. You still did a good job. Which is what Japanese rookies do for a very long period of time. That was a good match. Now we're on to Nabutaka Araya. あ、ジョンソン、ジョンソン、シングルは今日で2回目なんですね。今日は、シングルは2発してますんで、今日は絶対に勝ちますよ。Okay, this could be a bit of a go. So, I'm not so one thing there with the singles. Um, like, well, there's one wrestler who seems to have a sting belt all the time, and then there's one wrestler who, like, is a bit more flamboyant. Is that usually, like, the, the, the older jet ring general wears the singlet, and the newer guys wear the... Well, generally speaking, I mean, it depends on where you are, but, like, most rookies in Japan go with trunks. Right. Okay, just short trunks, that's it. Black boots, short trunks. So in Japan, the newer young guys are applied a bit more colour. But I'm looking at who this, this guy was trained by. Uh, Araya was trained by Gage uh, so Jinichiro Tenry, Gran Apache, Texano, Miguel Perez, and Silver King, which is a bizarre <laughs> line of trainers. It's just like, like legends of their style in three different countries. Um, but yeah. Um, so I will also sign a big influence on the show. Well, that power song was very Steiner-ish. That's very Steiner-ish, yeah. I've, I've yeah. noticed that the, the big power moves here are actually very, like, Scott Steiner. Yes. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, that whole thing, that single, very Scott Steiner. Oh, that was a nice swing and net breaker. Yes. Bobby Eaton's style. I'm watching all of WCW. <laughs> <laughs> big leg drop. There oh, we go. Oh, yeah, he got some high on that leg drop. Yeah. <laughs> That is a corking mullet as well, I do have to say. It's classic And it is just like, what my one big fear of coming the show was, I'm going to have to say the Japanese guy with the mullet, and it's not going to narrow things down. No. Because it's, it's, it's deathmatch wrestling in 1993. Exactly. The 90s <laughs> mullets are everywhere, but deathmatch wrestling in Japan, yeah, probably a lot of mullets. <laughs> uh, the, the FNW roster was the premier time for haircuts. Even the females had, had mullets. <laughs> Combat Toyota had the best mullet ever, because it was like, red on top with leopard print dye around the sides. Oh, sorry, high yeah, risk there, literally nothing there. Uh, 
Yeah, nothing was gained from that. No. Nothing was gained. Oh, nothing was gained, no loss. No. This one's going on a bit longer, to be honest. Oh, powerbomb. That, that was a sack of spuds powerbomb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how oh, you are you going it. down? <laughs> That's how you throw spuds into the cart and stuff. That was, yeah. <laughs> they seem to be eating each other really hard to very little reaction from the audience. Which is surprising, although I think it's a bit of a break because the audience has been involved in a lot of matches so far. True. Oh, that looks like it really hurt. We're gonna go for some, some sort of moonsault or something like probably. This is yep. Boom. Might back some distance. That was good. That was good though, and I liked at the end of it as well. The lad in the mask was kind of like, "Oh, I, I'm nearly gonna kick out." It was. It was good. So. Move on. In between these things, uh, it's always a bit different. ですね。ウィングウィングで。ですね。ウィングウィングで。ですね。ウィングウィングで。ですね。ウィングウィングで。ですね。ウィングウィングで。ですね。ウィングウィングで。ですね。ウィングウィングで。ですね。ウィングウ
Oh, um, but, yeah, speaking of which, big hard chops in the corner here as well. Yes. And I, 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 I'm noticing the referee isn't in a rush to break these up. He's no. just, just keep chopping them. <laughs> and then a lovely bulldog to the middle of the ring. Yeah, there's, there's some interesting like crossover between like, oh god, he stuffed him with that DVD. Yeah, oh, that looks really interesting hard. shoot stuff. But then they just break out into wrestling maneuvers. Like you know, a DVD is mix. not a shoot wrestling maneuver. <laughs> you know, if you drop somebody on their head, they're not going to like it. But it's not the thing you would go to, is it? No, no, <laughs> particularly not. But I mean, I, I think what's interesting about this match is it has the dynamic of a big man, small man by, <laughs> by having guys who, who really like striking in there with wrestlers. So it has that, that dynamic. Yes, definitely. They are kind of roughly the same size. Clearly, some have got experience. Exactly. It, it, it has like an advantage that you wouldn't normally expect. I think, I think it's going into a puzzle over. Yeah. Yes. Oh, oh, they love puzzles. They really do. <laughs> but you see, that's the thing. You know, you know, there are shoot style pile drivers, but you don't do it like that. <laughs> nice drop kick. Yeah. Yes. There's lovely muscle drops. It really is kind of like a very good aerial wrestling. Really. Here we go again. What's this? Flying crossbody. Yeah. It seems to land that way. Kind of looks like a shoulder block, but I think he was going for a crossbody. It was bad camera work, to be honest. That's true. Yes. Oh, nice two. One, two, oh, kick out. Yeah. Not even a two. Um, how are we feeling about the, the tassel? <laughs> I mean, I think based on the plainness of everyone else, oh, that's a good kick. From the wrestler. Oh, okay, that's yes. a kick from the striker. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that brain kick. Yeah, that not fun. Not fun. You have a feeling that tomorrow. Going for a leg dive. This is the thing, it's like, it's a bit weird. It's like the, the shooters are letting them do undefended moves. Like, yeah. Which is like, which you would not expect from them. Double crisp or cross face? Double, double SDF cross face. That's interesting. Oh, yeah. Someone should try that. That was a nut, but that was a nice fisherman buster as well. But it looks so good. It looks amazing, but it's just like, oh, someone's going to break the net. Concussion waiting to happen. Concussion city. I think these guys do not care about concussions. No. This is our fourth time in the Carriers tonight. True, I, but I do have to say, the girls did a better jump than he did. That is true. The girls did oh, not care. Oh, what a Northern Light suplex. Got nothing out of that, though, unfortunately. No, true. Winger yeah, has got an array of suplexes I'm very impressed with. But again, it was Hero Hassan and Sarius and Kasuki Sasaki kind of like did suplexes. That's what they did. <laughs> there you go. That was unreal. German. That was awesome. And uh, that's the pin. Well deserved. I've got you smiling. Oh, no, I'm not even Maybe he could have spent time in the ring helping his partner. That probably would have been better. Yes. But no, that was good. I enjoyed that match. That was very good. Let's give him another go. 
We have declared our superiority as professional wrestlers. We now must move on. But yeah, the wingers, I think, probably the best worker in this game. Everything she just moved. She's also doing most of the work. <laughs> Everybody went home happy. Indeed. Scramble bunkhouse death match between Freddy Krueger and Leatherface. Now, Japan in the 90s was blinded to the time that copyright was off. Right. <laughs> But there is some interesting story behind this. Leatherface um, was um, what's his name? I can't remember. But he played. He was Purple Kershner in the WWE. Really? Uh, yes. Um, Jack Patterson. His real name's not listed. But yes, he was Purple Kershner. There's Victor Queenes. You know what happened? Of the most glorious muscle of and I know this is in the 90s, but it's still the most 80s thing in the world. It is, isn't it? It really is. It's not only the time that the land that has got, but it's the land that time has got. It is indeed. You know what happened? is in fact. Um, Tommy Gilbert, Eddie Gilbert's brother. Back in the 1980s, as the baby face Freddy Krueger, and was regularly tagged with Jerry Lawler in big tag team matches. I can see that. Yes. I can see. You know what? It's kind of funny because this has the bang of Jerry Lawler all over for some reason. Oh, it does, doesn't it? Because Lawler really does. loved his big cartoon super characters, didn't he? He really um, did. Yeah, when he was booking Memphis. So, because what what used to happen was Jerry Jarrett would book for six months, and then then Jerry Lawler would book for six months, and Jerry Lawler would book stuff like this. <laughs> <laughs> and you can see kind of why. I mean, it's goofy, but. It's a lot of short term, you know. I mean, yeah, of course, Letterface is going to hate uh, Freddy Krueger. Why would he? You know. Yeah. So there was a whole big series of monster wrestling matches in Japan. Amazing. There was a Leatherface's tag team because um, Rick Patterson. That was it. Rick Patterson went to prison <laughs> for a year because. He was wrestling Nakamaki, he was in the main event in a tag match. Um, and um, well, he, went, he basically went off in there. There was right. another leather face that they employed, so they tagged them up together when he came back. Uh, I think he punched the fan in the face and had to do a year for assault. And when he got back out of prison, they tagged them together. Yeah? And right. he, he was wrestling Nakamaki, in the main event, and they were wrestling a bed of nails match. Wouldn't go to a suplex on the bed of nails for obvious reasons because <laughs> he's not an idiot. Um, and Patterson um, is that angry. Uh, they're running in for the baseball barbed wire. And oh, the baseball bat straight into the chest. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> God, Freddy Cougar is really giving it to him. He is. I'm assuming that they were wearing flat jackets under their costumes. You'd hope so. That would be the sensible thing to do. Yeah, you'd really hope so. 
Definitely. Um, but yes, and Nakamaki refused to go for a, for a, for a suplex, a superplex onto the, the bed of nails. So Patterson ripped a strip off of the bed of nails and then placed it on Nakamaki's neck and leg dropped him. Oh. And was fired immediately from FMW. Hence the reason why he's in win. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, totally fair. Yes, Nakamaki left of his own accord not long after. So I'm guessing he was absolutely blessed when he went to win and, and um, Patterson turned up again. But yeah, so but this is this is the definition of smoke and mirrors wrestling. Because you've got that big bump at the start to get everybody into it, and I bet we're not going to do that much dangerous stuff after that. <laughs> no, I mean, like there, there's so many. As I said to you, like there was a lot of shortcuts here from the get-go, and like look at the destruction with this. They're not even doing it, they're just destroying the entire venue, and everybody is running away from it because there's two madmen swinging a pipe around. Yeah. You don't really have to do much more than that. No, that's all you need. What else do you need? You know, barely hitting people, swing some chairs about, hope you don't hit anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, it, it makes a lot of, like, I'd be surprised if this even, so, okay. Does this have to go back in the ring, or can they pinfalls anywhere? I think it is, well, it's a bunkhouse deathmatch, and scramble bunkhouse, so scramble tends to apply in full count anyway, doesn't it? Okay. Because scramble, scramble matches can go anywhere. Well, this is, a, this is, ooh. the chair shot survived, I'm still not a fan. To be fair though, that was a very light chair shot to the head. Yes. Not, not, not a fan of them anyway, but still. Yes. If you're not watching the video along with us, Rick Patterson did a moonsault off the top rope to the floor, and he's like six foot six, six foot yeah. six, and three hundred pounds. And it was a perfect, pitch perfect moonsault. Yeah, absolutely. And he lands it every time as well. You know, he, he's really good at it. And I mean, aside from this clearly horrible personality. <laughs> you do wonder why he didn't go further given his size and given his you know athletic ability yes but again you know he, he rests on some of the biggest shows ever. He, again he sadly was away a couple of years ago he was 64 so he had a right. good life he wasn't unfortunately cut short in his um, in his destination of living if you see what I mean but um Here's a classic Memphis move, Bulldog onto oh. a baseball bat wrapped in barbed wire. <laughs> nasty. It is. Always looks nasty, though. It does. Oh, Forrest, you kick out there. You're not going to put away Freddy that easy. <laughs> Swinging baseball bat oh. back into the chest again. Right into the chest. 
to the outside. Looks like they're going over to the timekeeper table now. Timekeeper getting the bell out of the way. Yeah, someone is going to that table. That's what's happening next. <laughs> yep. There you go. See, this is this is my issue with a lot of that match sports titles, just contrived behaviour like that. Um, that's not contrived because obviously that's part of the match. But just like people setting stuff up in a contrived way. I'm like, oh, I have to lay here and scream five minutes for myself. A load of bricks in the middle of the ring. Uh, <laughs> I was like, apparently, I saw a video of it yesterday, earlier today. Um, Velocico and Pentagon um, were, dark, were wrestling each other. And they set up this board on a chair spot. Like, you know, six chairs with a board on it to do a powerbomb spot through it. And then they knocked it over. So they stopped wrestling each other to set it up again. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? I mean, at a, certain, at a certain point, it is resting at the end of the day. There's a certain level of compromise, but I do get it. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, that's, that's, that's just like plotting your own eyes. Let's not be having any of that. Whereas this, I don't mind. This is fun. <laughs> Big dumb fun. It doesn't get much dumber than that, really, does it? No, no, no. Extremely low stakes, but extremely violent for some reason. <laughs> Hey, it's Freddy Krueger and Leatherface. Actually, one of the best matches I, I ever saw of the Monster series was um, it was an IWA match. Nice pile driver onto a table. That would be back in Memphis. Yeah. And the table didn't break either. No. I don't know. <laughs> oh, well, no, I think it's been collapsed on the floor. Sorry. Oh, fair, fair. Yeah. So then you have to see that. Then oh, they're going back to it. Oh, that's why it doesn't break. The big steel barriers underneath it. Yeah, the Japanese tables are yeah. ludicrous. Like, why would you have to engineer them to be that tough? Oh, again. Nice ball. Break right to the oh, beautiful. Backdrop driver. That's probably it. No. no. Freddy lives. Indeed. Uh, yeah, <laughs> kind of going into the match, but that tells you how good the match is because we're going into it. Nice closing. Yeah. yeah, the match is actually really good. Yeah, you think about the matches in this era, it's, it's probably comparable. I mean, it's not for a hard show, Michael's ready. No. <laughs> it's more than spice. <laughs> Oh, oh, but that hurt loads. <laughs> oh. oh, kick out. Powerbomb onto his head. And he kicks out. <laughs> Freddy from the Dream Realm is tougher than people think. He's going to have another go. Could be a power driver this time. No, 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 no. Oh, oh, oh. He got it cleaner. He did. Oh, he hit back to off it. Yeah. There we go. See, this is where I am. Don't use the wrong power bomb. If you don't work, do another one. You got close before. <laughs> I don't get the like, oh, I've used my finisher. What am I going to do now? Do it again. <laughs> Keep doing it until they don't go up. <laughs> well, the first time you did it, as you said, you didn't really get as clean as you'd like, but the fact that you hit him with, with such authority the next time, it was just like, yes, that's, that's what you want. So I say, I mean, Tetsuya Nato, who won the G1 today, never delivers one destino. He delivers at least three. <laughs> makes sense. It's like, look, I'm not going to risk this. I'm just going to keep hitting it, and then when you're barely moving, then I'll try. Yes. I mean, it caught, I mean, like, 
you, what he'll do is he'll catch one off, off guard to get the momentum of the match going, and then he'll do it all properly, and that tends to the end of the match. Peter Quinez, annoyed that his um, uh, charge has lost, uh, is now going to do... Oh! Baseball barbed wire, barbed wire bats with... No, no barbed wire, just nails in it. Oh, that's just, just, just nails. Just nails. <laughs> just nails. Oh. This isn't looking this isn't particularly healthy. No. But you do notice that they are doing it straight to where the cameras are. It's very sensible. Um, this is like where the hard cam is in American wrestling. You do it to where the photographer photographer's always for us. Because that will sell you more tickets the next day. Like there was a picture of uh, when NATO won the G1 say Masahiro Chono, the colour uh, went to present him with the G1 flag, um, and they did a uh, uh, Lozig Naravo's fist in the middle ring, and you could just see camera flashes going, <laughs> and you know it's going to be it's going to be on the front cover of every wrestling magazine in Japan tomorrow. <laughs> That's the best. Oh, you can hear oh, it man. here as well. The chair's getting out of the way. It's it's one of the things that you don't uh, you don't necessarily get nowadays, unfortunately. You know. No, true, true. Everyone's on their phones. Yeah. Uh, Leatherface being helped up by the baby faces, because of course Leatherface <laughs> is a baby face. I was Leatherface. Well, I suppose. <laughs> I mean, I could put Sally either way. No. <laughs> Okay, this is the last match show. I'm going to turn the sound off uh, so we can talk. Because obviously, we now have the issue of the lack of light. Because yes. most of this card was done during the day. Yes. And we are talking VHS in 1993. Now, Japanese Japanese VHS recording was actually really high quality because obviously they had Sony there. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a yes. very good point. Yeah. So they got all the cool stuff. But they're in a car park. So... But, it's a good job this is a fire match, really, or we'd see bugger all. Exactly, and that's what I'm saying, though. I suppose if you are going to do it, this is probably a good way to do it. Yeah. So, so, is, this a ta- so this is a tag team fire it's match. a tag right? team fire match. Jado and Gado uh, going up against Shoji Nakamaki. That's the gentleman in the white jacket. Yes. And um, uh, Yukihiro Wing Kanemura, as he was known, because he was like... Um, Associated with the brand so much, and you can see they're baby faces. They're they are, they are, um, they're best mates. Yeah, and there's Ghetto and Jado. Jado, that's Jado, who this morning I saw with three people helping him couldn't high five his tag team partner Hikaleo properly. <laughs> it's probably because he spent a career doing these kind of matches. True, thirty <laughs> years this business. <laughs> I mean, not not a good time, buddy, and it's you know probably going to be awesome to see. I'm actually really looking forward to it, but I'm also just like, yeah. Not a good time. <laughs> well, I, this is the thing. They wrestled in deathmatch promotions, but didn't do an awful lot of deathmatch wrestling. This is one of the few deathmatches I've actually seen them in. Um, and it was interesting because I think Gato was a New Japan guy, right? Right. Uh, uh, originally, I'm just trying to figure out. Uh, no, he was a... Jada was a New Japan guy. He was mm. a New Japan dojo guy. Mm. And um, Jado was did worked out of all Japan, and then he flipped to New Japan, and then they became friends. And um, essentially, they just said, "We're not going to do anything. We're not going to be salaryman wrestlers." And they left New Japan 
that like in the 80, in 89, when New Japan was like filling the Tokyo Dome four times a year, they were the biggest wrestling company on earth at this particular point. Wow. And they went and they wrestled for Michinoku Pro and for UWA in Mexico. And they went and learned their craft. You know, they didn't really wrestle for a mainstream company until they got to wrestling and romance in 95. So they had five or six years on the road wrestling for small companies, learning everything they could about every type of style of wrestling they possibly could. Um, and obviously here, the, I'm going to put the sound back on so we can hear those shots. This match started off pretty much straight away, and the visual of it with the... Well, are these Singapore canes covered in fire, or do you just fire? That was a torch, actually. They're just torch. torch. They're just yeah, torches. And uh, there was a Singapore cane used a minute ago. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, basically there's a series of torches around the ring with a uh, barbed wire covering it. Yeah, and uh, it's and we're going for the classic death match of Ghetto trying to get um, uh, Nakamura's face, Nakamaki's face into the, the barbed wire. Ghetto was paired off with uh, uh, Kanemura. And Nakamaki, interestingly, for our point of view, was a wrestling journalist before he was a wrestler. Oh, wow. I <laughs> um, didn't know what he was getting into. And <laughs> he still does. <laughs> yeah. uh, Mick Foley described him as not much of a ring general, just did a lot of screaming and bleeding, which pretty much sums up his career. <laughs> well, the fans loved him for it, because he always gave his best, he always tried his hardest. And he was basically a protege of um, Atsushi Anita and uh, Mr. Um, Tazen Goto. And essentially, they, he wrestled at Karasaki Baseball Stadium on the second show, I think. And on the video, we've just seen Wynn Kanemura dive over the top of uh, the, the flaming barboy. That was wild. <laughs> that was insane. Um, the fans are into this as well, aren't they? I mean, it, it's such a striking visual that you kind of, you can't help but lose yourself into it. Um, but yes, um, Nakamaki was, like, shown on the video, like, being dressed down for Bioteca, Bionita, and, and Goto for not trying that. And eventually left FMW and became a big star in Wing, and then an even bigger star in the Way, um, just by, like, Taking lots of money and landing in barbed wire and barbed nail boards and doing all the horrible stuff, basically. Oh, that was Oh, nice. yeah. Except for the fact that he nearly dropped Ghetto on his head. <laughs> that wasn't the best landing from Powerbomb I've ever seen. <laughs> no, it was not. <laughs> um, there we go. In there's a um, Kanemura actually has a wristband with a rising sun on one wrist and the Puerto Rican flag on another wrist because he did spend a lot of his excursion time in Puerto Rico because of course he did because <laughs> that's where you want to go when you learn about a load about violence where are we going to go we're going to go where the fans will throw concrete at you um, on purpose <laughs> on purpose yes <laughs> And, uh, oh, no, we've got, oh, we're going to set by somebody. Oh, <laughs> beating him with the torches. Beating him with a flaming torch. Yeah. That's uh, Jado beating uh, Kanemora with a flaming torch there. For those of you who aren't watching and, and can't really see, the light's not best. 
Um, but you do get a, a lot of facial expressions from Kanemaru, and you see why he became such a star for those companies, because he has got such a compelling presence, even though he's screaming and bleeding a lot. How are we going for knockout? Uh, what, someone got knocked out? We're going to, we're going to standing count. Yeah, he made it to his feet on nine. Oh, wow. <laughs> Apparently, your tag team partner helping you to your feet is not allowed. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> We've got some chairs out there. By the looks of things, they've doused the ring down with water a little bit to keep it cooler so it doesn't just kind of spontaneously explode. I'm guessing there's no pinfalls in this match. It's going to be knockout to decide the way. That's interesting. Well, that makes yeah. more sense. I think a pin is a bit yeah, overwhelming. A yeah. Because <laughs> you could, like, get it with a roll-up in the first five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> with all that effort, it's like, oh, we put the ring up in it. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh. oh. Kanemaru landing in the blaming guard, landing in the torches on the bar there. Was just wearing a muscle vest as well. Like, did it not occur to him that he could wear a jumper? <laughs> maybe that would be wor- maybe that would be worse. You know? Yes, woolens maybe not good. Yeah. Is, like you've got to pick on natural fabrics that burn nicely and don't melt onto your skin. Oh, there's a nice standing power slam from the other way. Again, we're getting lost in this match and not talking about it. Cause Sorry, it's, it's just it's just such a it's just such a spectacle, really. Like every part of it. Like if if you guys are just listening to us talking, you're doing a disservice. What a strike with the with the torch. Yeah. Oh, and they hit him in the face with it. Oh, oh my god. Went to the stomach. <laughs> nasty. Nasty, nasty, nasty. Nah, this is, yes. This is not for the faint hearts. We should put a warning in front of this so you can watch this yeah. match. <laughs> Probably should have done that at the start, to be honest with you. But this fair, is a opening show, you know in. what to expect. Too far in there. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the matches we've, we've commentated on, we've, we've, done, we've covered this year. Mash Islamovic tagging with um, uh, Rini, Rini Mashta against Soyo. Um, well, that last from GCW was like seven feet tall. Soyo Thingy and uh, Charlie Evans. Oh my god, they did things to each other. And they, they shook hands at the end. <laughs> they were bleeding, there was blood everywhere! They've, they'd had a death match before because it was that GCW show from Tokyo uh, right. in the first round. They'd had, a, they'd had a match before. There was the broken glass everywhere. They didn't even bother to sweep it because they knew they'd be bleeding by the end. They were just thinking, where it is? Oh, sorry. Oh, yes. my God. So there was a powerbomb onto fire, basically, and now he's on fire. And they're yes. desperately trying to get the fire out while there's a brawl backstage and around the ring, people are freaking out because of the fire. This is that, pandemonium. This is. There was buckets of water everywhere. Um, we missed that because it was like the camera was focusing on stuff that wasn't happening <laughs> not much was happening 
Um, but yes, so that was in six minutes and 46 seconds. That seemed a lot longer than six minutes and 46 seconds. Yeah, no, that was crazy. I, I don't um, even think we got the finish, did we? We didn't even see no. the finish. No, that was the finish. They just counted it. They just threw it out after that. Oh, so wow, okay. The finish was Giado and Gato powerbombing Kanemaru. On the fire. Into fire. Oh, that was the finish? Okay, that was so. The finish. Well, okay. That, <laughs> I mean, look, I, I'll be honest with you. You're not going to get a better visual of that other than murdering the lad. And no. It looks like they did. Yes, so. and he's screaming. Oh, my God. Um, that's yes. insane. It is. And then oh, I'm going after um, and now, when you see this particular video footage, you can see the potential for destruction Gado carries with him, yes. in a kayfabe sense. Um, the baby oh, faces are trying to, strand, trying to save Nakamaki as Gado goes to set fire to Um Nakamaki was, uh, sorry, uh, Kanemaru was seriously burned after this, hence why all the water is currently going on him. He went on to have a very long career. I'm not sure he's been wrestling. He just kind of has to turn up and he's around the corner. Oh no, he retired in 2016, which is good. But he had a 26 year career. Um, and he was trained by Animal Hamaguchi. He trained through the Takagi and Evil as well. Uh, Raheem Mugo, who is John. Dinsdale describes as the worst professional wrestler he's ever seen in his life. Ricky Santana and Miguel Perez Jr. from, uh, from UFC as well. And we watching the video as the night burns out. We've still got eight minutes left. I'm guessing there's interviews. There's Nakamaki. Leading uh, everything. Don't even call the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to I mean, I'll be last of this. This was 20 years ago. We know we were all right. And it was very serious at the time. I remember the report of Power Slime describing it as a bit gone too far. It doesn't look like he had a good time, though, to be fair. Yeah. You know, Kanemaru does live for this stuff. Really, he does. Right. Um, a lot of his later matches would be a lot less violent. This is a lot of violent kind of like um, elements. Oh, the match he had with Nicole, yeah. A couple of years later, was uh, spider's web deck. That was something else. Yeah, so essentially you have barbed wire boards with posts and spiders with barbed wire. So at least you wondered on the game you did, they didn't just like, it wasn't just hard white pressed on hard pressed on. So, it's not the problem. Um, so there was lots of violent elements in the matches as he went on, but he, he just calmed it down. His last run was just like, oh, he just, like, he basically just came out. He had a couple of tables and that's all he could do. He's Kanemaru, so his reputation has made it and made his career. And he had some big problems. Well, that's his worship for this one. What do you think? I think this one is kind of worse because I've seen the damage after it. You know? You can see the boils. You can see, you can literally see the boils on his body right there. Oh my god. So I'm sure neither were fun, but this one might actually be a little bit worse. Yeah. Um, and I think as well, it's like, 
And from a character point of view, it sets Gado and Jada as the biggest, baddest heels possible. Yeah. Which is essentially what they ran their career on. They're still running their career on to this day. Like, you know, we're the guys that nearly killed Green Cannon Water. You know, um, I'm, it made the company. Unfortunately, I mean, well, like, it made the company at the time. The company would go out of business not long after it. Well, March 94, and this card was in October 93, so there was only six months after the company. Now, Pumnez founded IWA, um, IWA Japan, to go with his IWA Puerto Rico promotion, because he set up in opposition to WWC. Um, and so he kind of like used talent from both back and forth. And IWA, WWE is still going. IWA Japan became a bit of a comedy for me um, in the 2000s. Yeah. It's kind of more of deeply trying not to get hurt. <laughs> As the baby faces have a power um, and celebrate Kanemura surviving that match. Um, I the <laughs> and he's still, they're still just prone water on him because that's know, the only treatment they've got. The only treatment they have. Did they not think there was a possibility? <laughs> so I think it is interviews. So let's kill it there. Yes. There'll be lots of interviews after that. So, we'll, we'll none of us, neither of us speak Japanese, so. No. It, it would be lost. <laughs> <laughs> so, Gado Jado and Bad Boy Hido are, uh, when Gado only had one missing tooth, um, <laughs> he would lose several more, um, huh. uh, through the years. Um, but this is like, you know, this, this is kind of, you know, power move healed him. Uh, mm. Give the big promo after the big finish, but yeah. So, what were your thoughts on this one, then, Dara? Very interesting and very disturbing at the same time. Like, I I wouldn't say I'd be in a rush to watch something like this again. And like, fire wise, um, yeah. I I think it's that bit too far where it's like, okay, look, you know, it's not even like they've taken him out. Like, he's still in the ring. You know, they're only taking him out now. Um. And it's it just, it, it's a spectacle, like, unlike anything else. So, I mean, it, it is amazing. And if you haven't seen it and just listen to us, one, well done. That's a very weird thing to do uh, <laughs> for commentary thing. But if if you have seen it, um, you know what we're talking about. Like, it's it's unlike anything else. I've never really seen something like that before. Um, and, it, yeah, look, the show itself is quite fun. Uh, the matches were really good, like, uh, as far as, like, there were bits where we were talking and we stopped talking because it was so engaging and engrossing. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. I mean, given the main event or Letterface versus Freddy, I'd much rather watch Freddy versus Letterface than uh, <laughs> a man setting himself on fire. Yes. Well, being set on fire as well. But yeah, that was, this picture here was what was in Power Slam. I believe it. Yeah. So it's, you know, so it was like that, that's the thing that kind of like, got my attention with this match. I'd never seen it, and I saw it about 10 years ago. I did it for a piece that I was writing about FMW, um, for Bad Deathmatch Wrestling. In, in Well, I was right. I wrote a long-form piece for WrestleTalk TV called The History of Violence, mm. and I looked at all of the violent territories and, like, Detroit back in the 70s and Texas in the 60s and all of the great violence. <laughs> 
violent territories. And obviously, you've got to talk about FMW and Wing because they were the most violent. And well, is Wing had a budget problem. They couldn't do exploding barbed wire matches, you know, because they didn't, didn't have the budget to buy the explosives. Yeah. Well, fire's cheap. You only need light fluid, don't you? <laughs> so, so therefore, and I, I think this is, it had a big influence on the current deathmatch scene, like CZW did as well, where they were like, well, we don't have to do the big set piece time bombs going off at, you know, Kawasaki Baseball Stadium with 75,000 people in attendance and a barbed wire cage match. We can, we can do this in a less apocalyptic way. <laughs> um, but equally, that meant more danger in many yeah. cases. I mean, like, Onita's, like, you know, he's done some crazy stuff down the years. And he has a scarred up body to match for it. But equally, you only need one big bump in a electrified barbed wire match, don't you? And that's it. Mm. Well, you could do four, I suppose. But, you know, there's once you've set one load of barbed wire off, and there's only four sides. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, it loses exactly. the effect. So you only have to work up to doing one big bump. Whereas this... Again, you don't have to work up to one being one big bump, but you're not bouncing off the barbed wire and landing on the floor. No. Fire is fire, and fire stays on you until it goes out. Yeah, and I think that's something that watching a match like this where it's... I think it's a combination of, or an event like this where I think it's a combination of the the camera work being just a bit above a normal indie, or like it is actually quite good. It's VHS, of it was probably really good for the time. But I mean... Watching it now, it's like because it's a little bit above like lads in their back garden setting themselves on fire. There's something very eerie about it, and yes. that's that's kind of what sticks with me. It's like, oh, this is real. Like <laughs> this is yeah. not this is not like a joke, you know. And it's it, it just kind of sticks with you. These are professional wrestlers who chose to do this. Yeah, that is the thing. Is like we have made an under over bet on what could possibly happen. And the odds are it's going to be better for my career than it is for my body, but I will be made if I do this. Exactly. You know, and that's, and to be fair, he was, but I'm not sure that's the price worth paying. Yeah. A one big bump. I mean, sometimes a bump can make a career, but you know, it's not as, it, it, I'm not saying that it was, it's from just from a pure match point of view, it was pretty good for six minutes. Hmm. But the thing that overarches you is like, what's going to happen at the end? Yeah. You know, I think that's the thing. It's like, you know, it's, is it completely necessary? Cause you've got all the visual aspects there. But as from a character point of view, like I was saying with Gado, you know, double crossing Jay White to get David Finley to be the leader of Bullet Club doesn't seem half as bad now, does it? No, not <laughs> really. Not, not in. Not in context of of what we've seen, but look, I I think that was a very very interesting show. It was one that um, I think more people should really kind of see because like '93 is an interesting time where like you can see a lot of what ECW was doing. You see a lot of what you can see a lot of WCW there as well, particularly when it comes to mm. the actual technical wrestling kind of thing. Where they're just stealing from Scott Steiner or or vice versa. Um, yeah, man, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think I, I think that's the big thing with ECW is. ECW took so much from FMW. FMW came first. Yeah. Obviously, Wing was derivative of FMW. Well, they took that principle of we're going to put a wrestling show together with who's available, not necessarily the best wrestling talent. Yeah, absolutely. 
And that now Gedo and Jado were world class wrestling talent, but mm. they were willing to do things like this because they were trying to grow their careers in an organic way. Um, I think as well, this was also shot by, I'm pretty sure it must have been shot by Wally Yamaguchi because Wally Yamaguchi did everything. Yeah. Like if there was an indie wrestling show, he was involved somewhere. <laughs> he was the, he was the editor of baseball and he was a referee from Michinoku Pro and he was a, he was a trainer and a manager and photographer. He, he was the one that taught Akira Hokuto how to bleed because she'd blade because she'd never bladed before at Dream Slam 1. <laughs> you know, she's like, he did everything. And, and this was shot in a very Wally Yamaguchi way. Like mm. if he was producing a show, um, I'm not sure if he had a finger in the pie, but I know he was involved with Quinez at the time, but he was also kind of like, he did things for all sorts of promotions that nobody minded. This not, wasn't like the relic for politics. And he was also a WWE guy. He was the guy that managed Kayento. He was. Yes. That's he insane. Was, yeah. <laughs> he was the one who nearly. Choppy, choppy the pee pee. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He was that guy, you know, that, while wow. the was, he again, passed away a couple of years ago. But I have not thought about that segment in a long time. There you go, you see. Yeah, but he <laughs> was, essentially, Japanese indie wrestling doesn't exist without Because <laughs> indie wrestling wasn't a thing until about 1989. You went to see Old Japan, you went to see New Japan. That's wow. sure. You know, until, until well... Yeah, until 1989, regional promotions didn't really happen until Michinoku Pro. They founded in 89, I think, mm. 1990. And Yamaguchi was referee, he was manager, he was trainer. You know, he did everything there. Um, like I said, he was involved with AJW. He was involved with the other Japanese women's promotions. Um, he was the one responsible for that big show at the Tokyo Dome where every office in Japan sent one match. And there was like 14 matches and there was shoot style and... Um, and we shoot, I've, well, I've got all the videos, and that was the one where John watched Ray Mugo and said he's the worst wrestler I've ever seen in my life. Because <laughs> 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 he's like, it was the alien death match, and John said, "There's no aliens, there's no death match. What are you doing to me?" <laughs> so, I mean, he's been lied to on several occasions there. Yes, yeah, and he was he was not happy. Um, so yeah, um. Yamaguchi had such an effect on this period, and you can see it in this match, in this card. Mm. It's a creature of its time, undoubtedly. Right. Um, but the majority of this roster end up in FMW within within a year and do some incredible things with Anita and that crew. And you know, it 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 doesn't have the effect on Japanese wrestling. I mean, you do see it today in BJW and in Freedoms because essentially those two promotions took picked up where. Um, IWA, when IWA became a comedy company, essentially, and kind of like let go of its deathmatch roots, um, because they just couldn't afford to run those kind of shows anymore. Mm. Um, BJW took over, um, and then Freedoms came from BJW, and they've been around for 20 years now, and they do this kind of stuff. They don't do fire matches because they're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Flight tubes, glass, you know, all the other things. Yeah, they're fine with that, but again, Fire in a small hole? No, <laughs> not a good idea. No, I mean, no. Look, if you're going to if you're going to use fire like that, probably don't do it inside, where the whole yeah. building can burn down. Uh, but doing it outside, I mean, it kind of add like that specifically adds a, a new kind of uh, dynamic to it, where it's like, 
almost horror movie esque, you know. Mm. Oh, like ironically, in a show that has Freddy Krueger and <laughs> and, and, and Leatherface, the most uh, horrifying thing genuinely is watching a man being burned alive. Yeah, that's the thing. and it's only for a second, but that's all it takes. Oh yeah, look, man. I mean, it's a second, but still. A second is an awful long time. It's an awful long time when, like, there's (laughs) there's a reason why in Hollywood the the full body burn is like the most dangerous stunt they can do. Yeah. Even to this to this day, like. Yeah, because there's no faking it. You know, there's no no getting around it. It's ridiculously dangerous. And humans burn super easy, so yeah, with very flammable things. I was exactly. Um. Oh, Alex Taylor, the drag racer. She was doing her first um salt flat speed week. And they're showing you the safety procedure and, and she was like, how to get out of the vehicle if it's on fire. And oh, she got out in nine seconds. And they said, that's a really good time because after any longer than that, bad, bad. <laughs> any more yeah. and it's bad. How bad? <laughs> really bad. Really bad. Bad. Cause oh, it is, man. cause it's just, the, cause that's the biggest, not the biggest fear is cause like, you know, if you're driving a vehicle at over 200 miles an hour, there is lots of safety checks you have to go through. Absolutely. But fire is the big thing. Yeah. Driven for drivers, Formula One drivers will tell you like physical stuff is much less of a worry than it used to be because everything's so much safer to some extent, a certain too safe. Yeah. Um, but actual fire is the, still the biggest thing, and still will be. And that is the thing about this, you know. And because it, it, it is interesting, because you go back to watching Hot Night by a Moon, Hercules Elia and uh, Carlos Colon barely went near the ropes at all in that match yeah. for obvious reasons. Um, but still had a compelling match. Um, and this match was really compelling, but they didn't shy away from landing in the fire. <laughs> no, no, no. no. I, it, it was a really cool finish, but mm. not one I particularly would rush to see again. Like It's a one-off. You cannot see it again, really. I think the it's interesting because the actual finish itself, um, and I mentioned Abyss earlier on, I think Abyss kind of got this balance quite well because TNA would use this kind of fire limited uh, limited approach with a, bi- a big guy. So like, letter just imagine we had the fire match with Letterface and Freddy. Mm. That toned down would be like peak Abyss, and I think that's enough palatable, um, enough of enough palatability for like your normal audience to like be okay with this because. As I said, there should be some kind of warning or something should be on that before they start getting into it because it's just like wow. I mean, there's something about someone behind a mask that's less bad. Like we felt less bad for the yeah. lads killing each other with like, like spiky yeah. tubes rather than <laughs> see people just burn alive. So yeah, that's that's the thing as well. It's just like you know, wearing a, wearing a muscle vest to a match involving fire and barbed wire just blows my mind. I understand like in a sense of natural fabrics don't burn as well and they don't stick to your body. Because hmm. the only other match I can think of and I've never seen it, I don't particularly want to either was oh there was a similar match I think in FMW and two female wrestlers were in it, but the female wrestler wore a nylon singlet and of course it stuck oh. to a bobby when it burned. Oh my god. Yeah, no. so you know, because they didn't think about those things. Oh my um, god, no. Yeah. Sorry, oh. dude. <laughs> Um, That's horrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's, I think this as well is like, there's other thing as well, there's no ethical way of watching professional wrestling. No. As we've discussed many times before, and it's down to the individual person's limits and what they're into, and Nakamura's limits were very high. 
as what he would put up with to make get himself over in a wrestling match. But the amazing thing is he didn't need to. Like, he was a really good pro wrestler. Like, if you watch a straight match with him, and he's great. And he's, because he's got the charisma. He doesn't need, you know, he's got, you know, and Jim Ross goes on about it. The Kanemura has it. You know, yeah. the reason why you feel so bad is because you feel for this guy who's trying so hard for his company. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the, that's the thing. Nakamaki's the same. He's got loads of charisma, just much less talent. Yeah. Um, but you, you feel bad for him because they're trying really hard. They want to give the best performance for their company. And is Jado and Gado coming in to spoil the party? And, you know, and that's really what Gado has been doing ever since. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from the short run where he was a Carders manager. Um, even then, though, he was like, you know, chaos. It, it was interesting. Like, as chaos became baby faces, just organically, because... They just didn't have any heels left, really. <laughs> you know, after Nakamura left, they were heels when Nakamura was there. But they just kind of slowly drifted into being babyface, even when Nakamura was there, to be honest with you, because mm. Nakamura is just that popular. You know, they kind of just drifted into being babyfaces. So that you had to get rid of Gado because he's manipulative and because he's an arsehole. And, you know, so he left to manage Jay White and take over Bullet Club. And that's, you know, that that's really was the right thing to do because Gado isn't likable in that same stretch. Jado went with him and then he turned on Jado, his brother of 30 years. You know, Jado now manages Tamatonga and Tangaloa and Hekaleo. So, yeah, it's um, it's intriguing to me that it, that the reason why I, I said let's do this was because of that story arc for Gado is really set here as the leader of that group in that promotion. Mm. And he's been doing the same thing more or less with less dangerous things. <laughs> For thirty years, and that's how you make a career. It yeah. works, though. I mean, like he he knows his value as a as a performer. He knows what works, and obviously what sells. Yeah, and you know he's he's the booker of the second biggest promotion on earth. So oh, who's I, so who's? But then again, here's the question: Is like, are AW bigger than New Japan now? Could arguably could you say that AEW is the biggest promotion on earth by the end of this month? We'll find out. Mm. Yeah, Yeah. it'd be intriguing for me. We're in intriguing times, Dara, as far as wrestling is concerned. So we're at that point once again. But yeah. Anywho, thank you very much for listening to the Troopany Show today. We hope you've enjoyed our slightly different format. We must try this again sometime, but with less violence in it. Absolutely. (laughs) Anytime. (laughs) Where can we find you on the internet, Dara? So I'm over on Twitter or X or whatever dying platform. We're calling it the Hellscape. It, dude, it's been a hellscape for a very long time. Yes. Welcome. <laughs> it's been a hellscape for a very long time. But that's a much better name for it. Yeah, so I'm over at the hellscape, over at our WV, so D-A-R-R-A-G-H-W-V. Uh, I tweet sometimes um, there, sometimes I don't, but I will respond if people tweet, um, tweet at me. Um, yeah, and then obviously com. if you want to find links to all the shows that we have. Um, there is a lot more coming to the feed that will take you over to either... Um, the shows that we do over on our feed, or of course you can get everything on the True Penny channel, which you should do anyway. And but the great thing about going to dressingrewind.com is all our social media is there, so you can contact us directly, and then we can engage with you, and you can respond to our nonsense, which we do every week because we have um, a lot more coming up. We're going through the WWF in your house era, so we're going <laughs> from we're on number four now, I think, and uh, yeah, that is a whole good time where we gush over how much we love Jeff Jarrett. And then he disappears, 
we get really upset, and then we're left with Shawn Michaels. <laughs> so there you go. And you can find me at Truth. Uh, you can find me at Sheriff Lonestar on Twitter. You can find the show, or you find well, where else can I? Uh, you can find me at Sheriff Lonestar TX on Instagram. Though that's kind of not very wrestlingy related. It's more kind of pictures and stuff and cars and guitaring, which I'm sure guitaring. you would appreciate. Yeah, I do appreciate it. Indeed. Yeah. I, I, I've got lots of guitars now. Anyway, um, <laughs> and I spend my people, my followers on Instagram will see me fixing my guitars on a regular basis. Um, you can also find me on Mastodon, um, which is generally anything. And I talk about wrestling there as well. And you can find us, the show, Trigony Show on, on Hellscape. You can find us on, uh, Instagram, Trigony Show. You can find us on something else as well, Facebook and Patreon as The Trigony Show. Um, we have a Discord server as well called Troopy Show Podcast. You can join us there if you wish. Take care, and we'll speak to you soon. Bye. Bye.